Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Down for the Count. I am one-fourth of your co-host, Tiffany Ian, on behalf of Alexis, Nicole, and Janae. Welcome back to the show. So this week, we're going to do the full wrestling news that we didn't get out to you earlier this week. That's my bad, my bad. So we're going to start with our review of... Um, Raw, which we focused solely on Ali being in retribution. There were other aspects of Raw that was great, but this was one of the most prominent and most popular aspects of last week's Raw that stood out to everyone. It still is the highest viewed, has some of the highest views on YouTube currently right now in terms of the, the, the reveal of Ali being the leader of Retribution. So if you want to hear our thoughts and everything we thought about this particular segment from Monday Night Raw, stay tuned and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Down for the Count. I am one-fourth of your co-host and I'm Tiffany E. and I have Janae with me this week. Nicole and Alexis are out. Nicole has some personal matters to deal with, as does Alexis, but we will have all of us gals together, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, everybody will be back and nothing else will go wrong, but such is life. But two of us are here, and if Janae couldn't make it today, it would have just been me. But um, <laughs> we're here, and we're going to make sure we can get this episode out to you this, this week, because a couple of things happened. And we need to talk about it. So we're going to start with Raw. The only thing I remember from Raw vividly is Ali being the leader of Retribution. Well, it was revealed that way. And I like the way that they did it. It was very clever, actually, because I did not see that coming at all. But I have to give Nicole her props because she did call Ali becoming a heel at some point. Um, um, I don't necessarily consider Ali a heel. And when Nicole comes back, I don't know, we'll have to spar that out like we always do. But I don't really see him as a heel. I see him more as an anti-hero. And usually, I'm not a heel girl. I never have been. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand the plight of the heels. But in this case, if that's the way Ali's going to go, where he's just going to go full on heel, then I'm fine with that. And I can understand why. There's only one other person that flipped from face to heel like that. And I understood why. And that was Becky when Becky turned. So I was fine with it. And I understand it. Oh, and Bailey's heel turn. I understood hers too. But I understand Ali's plight. See, Ali had a different path in WWE than most superstars. And if you're just going by story, he should have flipped a long time ago. Yes, he should have. But given the fact that they drug Ali out and then they had, they drafted him to Raw unexpectedly. They had him on Raw maybe once. Then all of a sudden, he became the main event guy. Him and Humberto Carrillo, they're on main event, like, all the time. And, like, he never saw Ali again. He was never on TV again. It was just like, what the fuck? Like, Ali, Ali's one of the best dudes you got. And then, all of a sudden, the last two weeks, they bring him back on the show. I'm just like, okay, cool. Ali's back, great. 
<laughs> like, I was like, cool. They're going to use them. Well, maybe. And then when you, when you watched it, it was like, okay, so he's being put into the Hurt Business um, story. Okay, cool. Because MVP is very good at understanding how to use people of color. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. And I'm like, all right, good. Ali's going to get some shine. MVP's going to make it happen. He's going to make it work. It's going to be good. Great. Then yeah. <laughs> last week happens. And you're watching the show and everything's fine. And I've been asking for weeks, like, where is Cedric? Because Cedric is a fourth member of the business. But Cedric hasn't been on TV in about two weeks. Nobody's really asking any questions as far as I saw but me. But, you know. Now, this past Monday happens. I'm still asking where Cedric was because Cedric was nowhere to be found (laughs) once again. But um, some people speculate it has something to do with his wife, Big Swole, because she is immunocompromised. He might be at home with her. I don't know because I don't watch AEW. She had a match this past So it, it can't be her. He must just been sick. Maybe he just got the flu. The flu is going around, so I don't know. Um, But I was asking where he was, and then I was looking, and I'm just watching the show. They keep showing the segments of the Hurt Business, with Apollo and Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. Now, Ali is playing his part. Ali is a damn good actor because I never would have suspected this. Okay? When it came down to them having the six-man tag team match with the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business ultimately ended up winning that match. They beat the hell out of Ricochet and then they went backstage and had a segment. Ali was just like, you and I got a match tonight. Bring your goons with you. Because I want them to see you get beat in the ring. So they go in there and they had a match. All of a sudden, the lights flicker. I'm like, oh, shit. Here come, here come the ghostly retribution freaks. Here we go. <laughs> they coming in and you're like, all right. Here y'all come. Let's, let's get this over with. Because let's be real. The last couple of weeks of retribution have not been great. And the initial concept of them made sense to me. But where I was having an issue was they did not have someone who stood out as a prominent leader so that it made sense with their mission, their mission statement. So you have all these unknown guys, quote unquote, saying they've never gotten a shot with WWE. WWE doesn't really care about them. And you're just like, well, no, they don't. And the question is, should they? That's just how I felt about it. Given the fact we know who everybody is in Retribution, outside of Mercedes Martinez, who we'll get to her in a minute, all of them are not the greatest wrestlers in the company. And they're not the greatest characters in the company either. So them not having an opportunity makes sense to me. What do you think, Janae? Do you, you agree with what I'm saying? I, I do, but at the same time, I kind of don't. So when it comes to Shane Thorne, 
Yes, because they didn't use him. He was on Raw. He does have a gripe with MVP because MVP was managing him and then kind of threw him to the wayside and created the Hurt Business. When it comes to Mia Yim and um, Dijakovic, even though they're not the greatest wrestlers, they've had a lot, a lot of opportunities, like a lot. Like Miam has had title shots. She's been in the Royal Rumble. Dijakovic has had title shots. He's been on TV. Mm-hmm. So for them to say just in that general sense that they were never given opportunities, I'm just like, well, we, we know who you are and we know you've been given opportunities. Only opportunity Bio Madden has what has had was getting put to a table with Brock Lesnar. So and, and he was on commentary. Um, but I get in just in general the statement that they're trying to make. Um, it just doesn't fit. Yeah, it just it doesn't fit when you know who they are. If they came in and said, uh, and you are and they already you already knew who they were and they kind of made it known that I used to be Dijakovic, I used to be Mia Yim, and you can say, yeah, I've had title opportunities, but it was only because they needed someone to take the pin for their precious little pets. So they right. weren't saying that they were just being used to to elevate the their favorite superstars that were on NXT. That was Triple H's pet projects and HBK's right. love projects. That would have made more sense in a way because it's like, okay, yeah, you had opportunities, but you were only use for that person to get the win or to exactly. like elevate but when you say that you didn't have opportunities and we know who you are it doesn't fit at all so the only two people out of that group that actually has um the the actual reasoning to say what they have had they haven't had opportunities was shane thorn and Dio Madden. yeah yeah so when you look at everybody in that group, the the standout members, the 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 core members, outside of knowing who Ali was, they have a do they have a legitimate gripe? Yes and no, like Janae said, she pretty much broke it down for you, so I don't have to. So thank God for that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just no, it's simple. You have not built up your character enough for it to be something that people are gonna go. You know what? You're 100% right. Like, you don't have the stock yet. Ali had the stock. And what they should have done from the beginning is is had Ali be in this somehow. You should have not be a part of retribution in terms of the member set, but you should have had Ali being attacked. You should have had Ali somewhere around this and then for you to just because okay so if you guys listen to the podcast last week I think we mentioned it last week on the podcast I'm not sure but Janae can explain it better than I can but I'll just briefly go over and she can go in deeper into it the reality of retribution wasn't supposed to be real like they were supposed to just boost ratings for a while so they didn't have a clear direction for retribution which is sad because you had a good concept with this and the hacker situation. And it kind of blew the hacker one up after Sonya and Mandy's situation got taken down. But they also could have been a part of the hacker situation and used that in other ways. Like they could have used the hacker situation for um, 
I don't know, for Alexa Bliss and, and Nikki, or you could have done it for um, who else? For Miz and Morrison, because I feel like Miz and Morrison should have been broke up a long time ago. Um, and you could have been like having the hacker as like the all-seeing eye of your show and just really wreaking havoc on everything. And they just did not do that. So they kind of threw that away and left that to the wayside. And then they bring up retribution and it has no direction. It had nothing going for it. And nobody truly believed in the message because there was no one singular person in retribution to follow. There's no charismatic leader. Dio Madden is... Child. <laughs> okay, I'll break it down simple and then I'll let Janae say something, but Dio Madden is a dork in a grown man's body and he just doesn't operate like somebody who you would be like in awe of, okay? Mia Yim is cool. I like her. I like Mia Yim. I think she's a beautiful woman. I think she has great skill when it comes to her wrestling. I think when she's wrestling on TV, though, she does not make sure that it looks clean. So I think working with the town, the veteran talent on the main roster will help her tremendously in terms of how she wrestles for television. Because to me, it's not as clean as it could be. Sometimes it's a little slow. And, and other times, it just looks like she's counting her moves. You get what I mean? Like, it's like a, a one-two, one-two thing with her. And I, I just want Mia to clean up and tighten up. Mercedes is perfect. I have no issues with Mercedes, even though, you know, there's some information about her later on that we'll get to with Retribution, but I find Mercedes to be the most solid wrestling member in this group, period. As far as Shane Thorne is concerned, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know who the fuck he was. So, <laughs> I don't know who he was. I was like, who are you? Like, I didn't even know who he was. I thought he was somebody else in the group, and then when Janae explained who he was, I was like, oh, Still don't know who he is, but okay. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Dijakovic, I think skill-wise, he is the best structured wrestler that they have in the group. He has the best skill set. He's very convincing in the ring, and he can wrestle stiff if need to be. But he just has a very good wrestling aesthetic. His character to me needs work. That can be done through acting classes or just, you know, picking up on things as you go along. But Dajakovic is somebody who I would be okay with watching by himself. And I do like Dajakovic a lot. But he still doesn't have the charisma or the, the draw to make me believe what he's selling. He's not like Bray Wyatt. Where technically Bray Wyatt isn't the greatest wrestler, but his character is strong enough to make him stand out over all of that. You ignore everything that technically he doesn't do correctly because you're enjoying the character that's being presented. Another thing, another person who's like that is The Miz. The Miz has a very solid character, but he's not the greatest wrestler in the ring. In fact, he's quite mediocre. But we watch, we like him to an extent. And when he, 
and we <laughs> react to him that way because that's how he presents himself to us. The whole crux of retribution, it just is not built on someone who has charisma. They just don't. They don't have charisma. They don't have, they don't exude that, that confidence of a leader. And that's what they needed. That's what they were missing. And I was just like, I don't believe what you're selling. Like you're selling me a bag of rocks and Skittles and I still see rocks. Like if you're, you're going to have to paint them bitches if you want me to believe they're Skittles. Okay. So I'm going to let Janae have it and then we'll get into the rest of it. So for a little backstory, um, yes, Retribution was an on-the-fly thing. And the reason why that came about is, for those of you guys that don't know, um, they do quarterly media calls where Vince McMahon's on the phone, the, the co-CEO, the, um, the person who works with the money, they're all on the phone, and they get, they, people ask them questions and they answer them. And one of the questions that was asked was, how are you going to combat the declining ratings of Raw? And Vince McMahon basically said, well, we have to start building new stars. So he knows that they need to start building new stars and stop relying on the stars that they have. Because if you keep using the same stars, eventually they're going to burn out. It's, it's right. going to happen. They're going to burn out and people are going to get tired of seeing them. Because if you can't come up with good consistent continuous stories with these set stars and you're just throwing them on tv just because of name value and there's no substance behind them people are going to get tired of seeing them because there's no point of seeing them so that's how retribution came came basically came to and in the beginning they didn't know how many members were going to be in retribution they were just like we're going to start this anarchy group we're going to bring in a bunch of pc recruits with a bunch of masks on and in the very beginning they didn't even know who was going to be in the group. That's why you saw this a bunch of random people running around Raw and SmackDown causing a bunch of mayhem. Because at the time, they were trying to figure out who was going to be in Retribution, how many people were going to be in Retribution. Now, my issue with Retribution in the very beginning was you first came in and you threw a, a Molotov cocktail at a breaker box. Cool. You came in Raw. You cut uh, the ring, um, the ring uh, ropes with the chainsaw. Um, you were doing all these things, but to me, it, I didn't understand why you guys were just there causing a bunch of havoc, but there was no reason reasoning to it. And then for me, it's just like, you're out there causing havoc and then you're jumping up and down like a bunch of like 15 year old kids at like a party. And it seemed very immature to me. And my whole thing is like, if you're coming in to cause havoc, you need to go after the cameraman. You need to go after, you need to go after the, the commentary people, not just chase them, go after them. Um, certain things like when they were spray painting um, stuff on the plexiglass wall, they were just spray painting random stuff. There was no like symbol. It was just very chaotic and very like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And they thought of this on the fly, like five minutes before retribution was supposed to come out. It just seemed very unplanned. So my thought was they were going to be on Raw and SmackDown because that would have been that would have been fine. Raw and SmackDown, you have a certain number of people you can split them up, put them on Raw and SmackDown. Then they moved them strictly over to Raw, and then it kind of the situations kind of de-escalated. You went from a hundred, and then you started to go down to zero, where it was just like, oh, flickering lights. But before you had a chainsaw, 
you're throwing Molotov cocktails. We're going to throw the cinder block through the window door. And then I'm going to take the second cinder block and throw it through an already broken window door that, that you know, certain things just didn't um, make any sense. And then when we finally right. got to who the members of retribution were, I immediately, because I remember like weeks and maybe like even a month or so ago, I sent a picture into the group chat with names on them. And I was like, that's Shane Thorne, that's Eo Madden, that's Dijakovic, that's me, yeah. And then there was two females that we didn't know who they were. I still believe at that one point it was Tony Storm. Yeah. I still believe Tony Storm. And a lot of people were like, no, she's still in England. And I'm just like, no, she's not. Trust me, she's not in England. She's because she's from, I believe, New Zealand. And at the time, there was travel between New Zealand and the U.S. as long as you quarantined. So I was like, yes, I believe. Yeah, and I was like, I believe that's Tony Storm. I said, the, the woman on the other side of the time, that definitely was not Marce- Mercedes Martinez because she has a specific build to her. Definitely wasn't Mercedes mm-hmm. Martinez. Um, not at that time, no. No, not at that time, it wasn't. And it was just like, you, you knew who they were. So when they started talking about missed opportunities and you spending your money like whores and just like, well, some of you guys had, had opportunities though so that it doesn't fit. And then what really didn't fit was you're here to take down WWE. Yet WWE signed you guys to a contract knowing that your whole goal is to take you down. Like they literally said it in a promo on Raw that the WWE signed them to a contract and they can and they can quote unquote we can do whatever we want now. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Like, if you're a company, well, here's the thing, though. It's like, if you're a company, and you know this group is trying to basically take your company down, trying to destroy it from the inside out or the outside or whatever, would you really sign them to a contract knowing that they're not going to stop doing what they're doing? They're going to continue yeah. to Yeah, I would. Because now you work for me. You have to work within the confines of my business. So you can't just do whatever you want. It sounds like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, you can say that, but that's not true. Because as long as you work for me, you do what I tell you. If you had no incentive to be a part of WWE, you wouldn't have come here in the first place. So do I think it was smart? We're going by story. Do I think it was smart for WWE to sign them? Hell yeah, because they wouldn't have stopped attacking their superstars and disrupting their shows. That wouldn't have but, happened. So they're still they're still doing my whole thing is like if when you put it on TV, like it may make sense may it may make sense to the people, the production and the writers in the back, but you need to make sure it makes sense to the people that's watching it so they can understand it. You have to dumb it down because let's be real. A lot of the a lot of the wrestling fans, you you, you need to like bring it down for them to actually comprehend what's going on because not everybody gets it. So when you try to translate what you're trying to show or wrote in the back to TV, it needs to make sense. And for me, if they're coming through causing havoc, saying we're going to basically take your your business and destroy it, and then you sign them, and then you say, well, now that we're signed to the to the company, we're going to do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. And not only did Dijakovic say it, but I believe Tom Phillips said it too. It's like, well, they can do whatever they want now. And it's just like, 
when you put those two together, it doesn't make sense to have signed a group that's trying to take you down. I get why they did it, though. But it needs to make sense for the viewers that are watching it. And I was just like, there probably could have been a better way. Like, I wouldn't even have said that they got signed in a, in a contract. I wouldn't even have said that. I just would have had them continue to do whatever they were doing. Because it's also one of those things, too, where it's like, and maybe I'm looking too much into it. Where it's like, well, now that you signed, they know who you are. So it's like, well, really can't do whatever you want, like you were saying, Tiff, because you, you put your name on the contract to kind of know who you are. So you shouldn't say you can do whatever you want. It's just, it's make, it's continuously making the story make sense. That's all. And for what they're doing, the retribution up until Ali, it was, it's very chaotic. Like a, not a lot of things are making sense. You can't put two and two together because you're just like, well, that doesn't make sense of you saying that because, well, it, it did this. Or, like, you did that, but now you're saying this. So it's just, like, they really need to, they, they, they really need to sit down and, and think, like, what, do we, what is the long-term goal of retribution? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I have a feeling retribution by WrestleMania is not going to be a thing anymore. Well, no, but I, I think. Unless okay. they can make it good. Okay, and hopefully so I'll. Having Ali in the group gives them some direction. I think that they should let Ali take the lead in this instance and they need to focus on Ali and let the other guys kind of be like his his minions. In regards yeah. to the women being in the group, I think what they should have done is what y'all said in the beginning. If this is about everybody, the women should have been attacking the women during their matches the men should have been attacking the men during their matches. And then they should have had everything culminate together. They did not do that. I think on SmackDown, there was a better explanation and direction for Retribution than there was on Raw. Because on SmackDown, it was very specific what they were doing. They came out there and the, the, the locker room was like, we ain't having this shit. They ran them off. So it would have made more sense to me to continue what was happening on SmackDown on Raw. And it's like, I don't understand who's running the shows because you can tell there are two very different outcomes and two different feels to these shows when you watch them. Raw always seems like they don't know what they're doing. No, they don't. It always feels like there's nobody at the helm. There's five different people that people answer to. And each segment is controlled by somebody else. That's how Raw feels. Raw feels the script like 15 minutes before the show, and they're still writing the script as the show is going on. That's that's ridiculous. And you should be doing that. Like your shows need to be written out. Like two months ahead, you should know what you're doing every week. Yeah, and at least with SmackDown, it feels like. Well, they probably SmackDown's on Friday, so they probably wrote the script on Monday, so everyone knows what what's going on. And when it comes to Raw, it's just like it's ten it's ten o'clock, and it's basically an hour left to Raw, and they're still writing the script to finish the show. It seems very chaotic and not well put together, as opposed to SmackDown. To me, is very consistent with their storyline. The show flows a lot better, and it's to me SmackDown is more 
entertaining to watch. Like if we were to say Raw was two hours and let's say SmackDown was three hours, but they still have that same flow, I would still pick SmackDown because it would be two hours of chaotic Raw, but at least SmackDown would flow for those three hours. I'm not saying make SmackDown three hours because that's a lot, but still. But I I think that the storylines will still be more solid on SmackDown than they would be on Raw. I mean, it's really? always been that way for me. I've always liked SmackDown over Raw when they split the shows and they actually gave the shows the direction they wanted it to go. Raw is a more, it's supposed to be a grittier show. SmackDown is a cleaner show, and but it also has its points. And it's just like, SmackDown encompasses what WWE should be focusing on. Yes. And Raw just doesn't do that. So, anyways. <laughs> having, yeah. having Ali having Ali a part of the group, that made sense to me. It pushed things forward. The way that he turned in there, I thought that was brilliant. They had him wrestling MVP. Retribution came out there to attack. And he pretty much made it seem like he was going to go out there and start some shit. But then motherfucker turned around and was like, bitch, go get him. He's sick. I'm like, oh, shit. MVP's face went from, the way he went from smiling to like, oh, oh we fucked him. Oh, we finna get our ass whooped. Yes. Yes, Grandpa Sanford. You, was, you got your ass whooped. <laughs> he was coming for that ass. I really like that. What I would like to see is for them to kind of incorporate the hacker story into it because let's be real right. the hacker story on smackdown was amazing it was phenomenal it was it basically they were using that hacker to put in the missing links of storylines like okay so why did this person turn on this person well here here's the hacker showing you video of well this is why this happened he was basically bringing the truth out to what was going on backstage then it just disappeared they dropped it completely right. They moved Ali um, to Raw. I assumed mm. that they were used because when he went to Raw, he was in a match with the Hurt Business, and then he disappeared again, and then he became main event Ali, where he was wrestling Humberto Carrillo um, and and Ricochet all the time. And I was just like, okay. And then they brought him back again for a one-off match. Then he disappeared again, and I'm just like, excuse me. I'm just like, what is going on? I was just like. This man is a phenomenal wrestler. He's great at promos. He's on a, a position in the car where he shouldn't be in. Like, this man should be damn near at the top of the car because he's that good. And so yeah. and so when he was wrestling the Hurt Business and he rolled out of the ring and he was standing in front of them, I thought what he was going to do was I thought he was going to turn and look at them and then just walk away and be like, y'all on your own. But when he turned and was just like, get him, I was like, Ooh, this is good. I was yeah. like, this. Is good. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And then when he stand in the middle of the rain, he put his hand out and stuff, and it faded to a black. I was just like, I like that because he was all about bringing stuff to the to the light. And now he's like, now nah, we fade into black on this one. So what I would like for them to do is try to incorporate the hacker story where he was like, yes, I was the hacker, and I was trying to expose what's going on because I was trying to expose what's going on in this company, but I realized I needed help. So I stepped back from being the hacker in the time that I was gone. I was using that to recruit the people that you see now. Wow. And these are the group. Of, these are the ones that I feel like deserve 
justice for how they were treated in the WWE, how I was similarly treated in the WWE. I was supposed to get a shot. I got injured and they gave it to Kofi, which I also like because Kofi's on Raw now. And Ali was like, hello, Kofi, in a tweet. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Oh, and he was like, <laughs> we can be like, I was supposed to get that spot that Kofi got. And what happened when I came back? Nothing. So I was going to expose what's going on with the WWE. Now that he's on Raw, he can use that as a basis of, I'm going to expose this company for what they really are. So I like that Ali is the leader of Retribution. It makes sense for him to be the leader. I also like the fact that you got a bunch of six foot five dudes standing behind you and you like five foot ten and you just like, I'm running these motherfuckers. Yeah, um, a real Napoleon complex going on right here. I like to see how they work with the women just because, like you were saying earlier, one of my gripes was the fact that the only time they attacked the females was when they attacked Zelina. And then when they were on SmackDown, they attacked the PC recruits that were around the ringside behind the barricade. And my yeah. whole thing was, time you had two women that were in Retribution, and then you still had a bunch of PC women that still dressed up as like the other little Bushin minions that were out there with you. So why couldn't you have, you know, done that to the women? Especially like if you have a match that you you don't you don't want both wrestlers to take a pin. And instead of having that one female wrestler DQ the other wrestler, you can send out retribution. You can actually send out the men first, have them go in the ring. The women hop out to go run up the ramp, have their back turned, have their back turned against where the entrance of the ramp is. Have the women come down the ramp so then when they turn around, the guys jump out just to block them so they can't run, and then just have the women beat the shit out. Because you, you showed me what Shane Thorne and Dio and Dijakovic um, and Di, what Dijakovic and all them can do. But I didn't really get to see what, you know, the other two female women can do because they just been they haven't been doing anything. Anytime they attack the men, the women hop on the outside and they're just like rooting. Yeah, get them. Rah, 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 get them. They're just they're just standing there. Mm-hmm. So it's just like. I, I want to see what the women can do. I know what the guys can do. Let me see what the women can do. So I'm curious to see how they're going to play that out. Because if you're not going to use the women like they should be used, honestly, take them off, take them out of retribution, have it be an all guy faction, throw them into a singles competitor to help boost up the women's division. Okay. Also, I was also I was the only one that like I like the mask that they were wearing, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter getting saying that their mask was stupid. I actually like the from the neck up, I like that. The the all black Walmart zip up jacket thing with the <laughs> McDonald's pants and stuff. Like that's just not my estilo, but I thought the masks were great. I honestly like the mask. I like the mask a lot. I didn't have a problem with the mask. I thought that um, I really like Mercedes and um me and Yen's mask. Yeah. I really like theirs. So I had no issues with their mask. Um, I'm happy that Ali's being used. I think that's the best way to wrap this up. I'm just happy that they're using him because he is being squandered, as are a lot of people. But you don't have a big roster right now. And right now is the best time to start relying on people you probably wouldn't have in the beginning. 
that is how you start to build your stars. If you don't begin to trust on the people who are on the roster, or at least get them to a point where they can at least be great mid-card holders, then something is wrong with your system and how you're in, how you're building your stars, how you're creating your stars needs to be changed. Yes. Or, or you need to start allowing the superstars to have more input in their own direction. Because you never know, what they say or do might change the whole course of what's going on, and it might do it for the better. It can't be any worse than what you're already giving us right now. You feel what I'm saying? So, Ali is the leader of Retribution, and he's been putting a lot of tweets out as of lately as to why he's doing what he's doing. But I guess we'll get that explanation either this Monday or or next Monday. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. Do not forget to follow us on our social media. Our Twitter is highly active, and people seem to enjoy the tweets that come on Twitter. Um, During the shows, after the shows, people love engaging with um, the hosts on Twitter. I'm not running the Twitter. Alexis or Nicole is usually running the Twitter. So you interact with one of them. And they're very good about making sure that they interact with the people. And y'all can get their opinions on what's happening on the shows. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. Do not forget to follow us on our social media. As I said, at Down for the Count 19 is our Twitter. And at D4TC underscore podcast is our Instagram. You can always send us a message of topics you want us to discuss or just, you know, generalized conversation can be had in our DMs. We always welcome constructive criticism as well as you can send us voice messages on Anchor with those same sentiments, whether it be constructive criticism, praise, just giving your opinion, or if you have a topic that you want us to discuss and debate about. We will see you guys in our next episode. And just as a friendly reminder, our season finale is coming up very soon. We have two more months of content to put out for you guys, and we're working very hard to get it done. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count, and wrestling news is coming up next.